What a beautiful day to give God praise and glory and honor. And I am so thankful to be able to share this time together with you. We're happy to see you this morning. Don't forget, we'll be doing this again tonight at 6.30. And I invite you to spend a little time in prayer today, preparing your heart for tonight's time of praise and worship. And even though you may be in the building or you might be out of the building today, God is still God. And he's working, he's doing a great work in your life. And today I'm going to the book of Psalms. I'm going to Psalm 91 and verse 1. And I feel like the Lord has given us a very special message for this day. So I'm going to Psalm 91 verse 1. If you have your Bible, you can turn there and I will read it to you now. Psalm 91 verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him will I trust. Surely, everybody say that word with me wherever you may be. Surely, He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Boy, there couldn't be any more wonderful promise in 2021 than this one. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Surely. And so I'm going to speak this morning for just a few moments on this subject, dwelling in the secret place. Make yourself comfortable and listen carefully for the next few moments. Your circumstances are not out of God's control. You know, one thing that the enemy really thrives in is panic and fear. He tries to get people to doubt that God is going to take care of them. In reality, nothing could be further from the truth. Right now, it's time to believe that God will perform what he has promised and will complete what he has started. If he began a good work in you, you can count on it. He will complete that good work that he began. And let me assure you today that unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. In other words, God has complete control of human government. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And notice this. We sometimes don't read the next verse. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. You don't have to worry that, that God was doing all these great miracles back in 19-whatever, but now you're on your own. That just isn't the case. The Bible says that his peace, there shall be no end of it, and that is final. This gospel that, that we have is a gospel that goes on and on without end. Matter of fact, the psalmist said in Psalm 145 and verse 13, Thy kingdom 
is an everlasting kingdom. And thy dominion endureth, watch, throughout all generations. Even the pagan emperor Nebuchadnezzar admitted in Daniel 4 and 3, how great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. You can bank on that. Sometimes there are situations that can take place in your life that make you wonder what is going on and how will this all resolve? When will this end? Everyone goes through difficult situations. But I want to remind you that this is the way life is. There's always going to be a difficult situation to go through from time to time. Let's stop and think about this for a moment. How many remember the great man Daniel? The prophet Daniel, who a whole book of the Old Testament is named after him. Did you know that Daniel was just a teenager when he was taken from his home into captivity by the Babylonians? He was just a teenager when he was taken away from everything he loved and everything that he had been accustomed to. And you know that Daniel spent more than 60 years of his life in Babylon. Daniel faced challenges. Well, I don't think too many of us can talk about how one day we were placed in a lion's den. I mean, we, we might feel like we're in a lion's den sometimes, but Daniel was in a literal lion's den. But through it all, captivity, taken away from his home as a teenager, Daniel just got stronger and stronger because he kept his faith in God. And it was when he was an older man that God gave him the revelation of the 70 weeks of Daniel that we read about in the book of Daniel. It, the hard times, the difficult times, the challenges only caused Daniel to become a greater man of God than he had ever been. How many have heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. But remember, God saved them out of the fiery furnace and walked up and down in the flames with them. I guess it's important for us to know a couple of things today. Pandemics are no challenge to God. Politics are no challenge to God. Neither one of them can hinder God from doing and working miracles. Matter of fact, when I look at the Holy Word of God, it is amazing how many times an unbelieving king was on the throne when God's people were doing awesome and amazing things. It didn't affect God then. It doesn't affect God now. And I'm not making an opinion about who is the president, so don't infer that. But what I'm saying to you is politics do not stop God from doing anything. <laughs> Matter of fact, when God delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the burning, fiery furnace, there was an unbelieving king sitting on the throne. But God said, you know, I'm going to do a work in that unbelieving king. And while 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. And God made a way for Nebuchadnezzar to have a tremendous witness, so much so that he made a decree that every people, nation, language, which speak anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would be cut in pieces and the house was made a dunghill. He said, and he said, quote, because there is no other God that can save after this sort. And I want you to notice something else. While that pagan king was sitting on the throne, the Bible says then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. See, there's nothing that can hinder God from doing his work. Hallelujah. We don't have to go through a dark time in our lives. We can stand as sunbeams in a dark world and, and be blessed like we've never been blessed before. Praise God. Not afraid, trusting the Lord, believing God. When I think about Bible uh, times, I think of Esther and Mordecai living during the reign of a Persian king, Ahasuerus. But remember, that didn't stop God. God made Esther the queen, and God's people were blessed. I think about Nehemiah, who lived under the Persian emperor, Artaxerxes, and God brought Nehemiah into favor with the emperor, and Nehemiah, during the reign of Artaxerxes, rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. It didn't stop God. When Pharaoh set up on the throne of Egypt, God caused his people to be extremely blessed in the land of Goshen. And Israel dwelt in the land of uh, Egypt in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein and grew, listen, and grew and multiplied exceedingly. What can stop the power of God from doing what he wants to do? Politics won't stop him. Pandemics won't stop him. God will just keep blessing his people. God will just keep touching his people. The last days of, of God's Old Testament people dwelling in Egypt before their miraculous deliverance mirrors the last days of God's New Testament people. So we shouldn't be surprised at plagues. We shouldn't be surprised at difficult situations. But one thing I know, God is blessing his people. And we're about to have a mighty deliverance. The Old Testament church was delivered by God parting the Red Sea. The New Testament church is going to be delivered by God parting the clouds. Woo! I'm starting to feel the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Because we are about to have a miraculous deliverance. And this one is going to be the Lord himself descending from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ are going to rise up. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air to meet the Lord, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So the things that happened to Israel just before they were delivered from Egypt mirror what's going on in our world right now. But I'm telling you, we are ready now. It is time now for the miraculous deliverance. Hallelujah. But I also want to show you that 
in the Old Testament church, that's a type of the New Testament church, God said in Exodus 8.22, and I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell. No swarms of flies shall be there. That thou may knowest that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. And notice verse 23. And I will put a division between my people and thy people. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. Many years ago, I've grown up in Pentecost. It was nothing uncommon when I was a little kid for people to scrawl on the sign that announced entering the city limits of whatever town. They'd scrawl in, uh, in ugly cursive writing, no holy rollers. And then there was people who would make fun of God's people and say, they're Jesus only. And then there were people that would make fun and say, oh, they talk in tongues. But in 2021, the devil has changed his tactics. He said, if you can't fight them, join them. And so now everybody is okay. And you do what you want. I do what I want. We all do what we want. All roads converge and lead to heaven. This is the, the new trend. And if you'll notice where the devil has fought, it has been fighting against the people of God maintaining their division, their distinction, their identification. He's trying to amalgamate the people of God with every other people so that there will be no divine deliverance. There will be no catching away for those people because they have been amalgamated. Notice where the battle lines now are drawn. It is drawn in the area of will the church maintain its identity? Will the church continue to be the church? Will the church still preach what Peter preached? Will the church still believe what the early apostles believed? Will the church still teach what Jesus taught? Or will we become just an amazing amalgamation of gray where everything's okay, nothing's wrong, and nothing's right? Hey, I'm here to tell you that God said to the Old Testament church in the last day before their deliverance, I will put a division between my people and thy people. Take a note of that because that's where the battle lines are drawn. Let's call upon the Lord to sever the land of Goshen in which his people dwell and put a division between his people and what's going on in the rest of the world. You see, what the devil didn't tell, the nasty little secret is, once the division is gone, you get to have everything that they get. All he wanted you to think about was, what will you miss out on? What is it that you might not be able to do that somebody in the world? What he didn't tell you was that that division also is the dividing line between the blessings and the curses of God. Hey, I think we need to call upon the Lord and say, okay, God, I want to be plainly marked as your person and as your people, and I want to live the way you want me to live. And God, let there be a division between the land of Goshen in which your people dwell and the rest of the world. 
You say, well, how important is that? Well, think about this. The Old Testament church mirrors and reflects and symbolizes the New Testament church. The fifth plague that came upon the Egyptians was upon their cattle. And in that day, that was their money. It affected their money and it affected their food supply. And the Bible says this about the Old Testament church. And all, all the cattle of Egypt died. But of the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. Hey, I'm, I'm glad to be marked as God's people. I'm glad to be in the distinct church of the living God. The seventh plague that came upon the Old Testament church was a plague of thunder and very large hail and fire running along the ground, destroying everything in its path, crops, men, or beasts. And there was hail and fire mingled with hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. Only in the land of Goshen, Exodus 9, 26, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. Now, if I was down south, you'd be thinking I'm talking about the fiery place. Only in the land of Goshen, there was no hail. But I got to tell you something. It's true in both regards. Hell doesn't have a part of my life. I'm free man. I'm walking in the spirit. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I've got victory in my life. I'm not walking in fear. I'm walking in faith. I'm believing God for the supernatural. I'm believing God for blessings like I've never seen before. You know what? Hallelujah. I don't have any hail in my life, and I don't have any hell in my life. God is good to me. I'm so glad to be a part of the family of God. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were. Praise God. See, dwelling in Goshen, they were protected. All the children of God today, wherever you may be, close your eyes with me, lift your hands, and let's claim it together. Father, we claim the blessings of Goshen. Today, Lord, we stand with belief, we stand with faith. We are not cowering in fear, but we stand with resolution. We stand with boldness and we stand with confidence and we claim the blessings of Goshen upon ourselves, upon our families, upon our children, upon our spouses, hallelujah, upon our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We claim the blessings of Goshen. The world can't claim it. The unsaved cannot claim this, but this is a blessing that can only be claimed by the people of God. And we claim today the blessings of Goshen. The word of God said, thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and there will I nourish thee. Goshen was where Joseph had commanded God's people to dwell. And if you know anything about Joseph, Joseph was one of the amazing types of Jesus in the Old Testament. And the Bible says that, thus saith Joseph. You can look this up. It's in Genesis chapter 45. But it says, thus saith Joseph. Verse 10, thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. Whew, man, I'm getting excited. 
Thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen. No such promise to the Egyptians, but to those who want to serve God and walk with God in the spirit and in truth. He said, you're going to dwell in Goshen. The promise of nourishing, the promise of food necessary for growth, the promise of health and, and good conditions was connected to and contingent upon the people of God, living, dwelling where God told them. Let me tell you something. The devil's always going to try to get people of God to step outside their covenant. Walk in your covenant. If you're a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, heaven-bound believer, in the liberating power of Jesus' name, don't compromise it. Stand strong. Stand firm. Because the blessings of Goshen go with the property. The blessings of Goshen go with walking in covenant. Hallelujah. I want to be sensitive to the voice of God. I think it's important right now as we walk with the Lord that we're sensitive to the voice of the Lord. I, I'm reminded many times of, of the prophet Elisha, how he would go to the king and say, don't go by this particular place tomorrow. The, the enemy has set up a trap for you. And I'm telling you, it is so important now that we be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and walk where he tells us to walk, when he tells us to walk, because that's how God is going to protect his people in this time of pandemic and plagues. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Does anybody understand what we're saying today? We want to join the psalmist and say, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Listen, today, if you will hear his voice. That's what the psalmist said. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now I'm going to go back to our text. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I, I was studying this one day, and the Lord showed me something I'd never seen before. And I began to look up the Hebrew behind this, uh, this statement that we, we always claim, and every day we're quoting Psalm 91, and, and so we should. But secret place it comes from a Hebrew word, sather, sather, and it means simply a covering. He that dwelleth in the secret place, or he that dwelleth in the covering of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The secret place is where God will nourish you. Dwell in the secret place. It's the place of divine covering. Every man, every child, every woman need to dwell in the place of divine covering. I need to walk every day in the spirit and dwell in the, under the covering that God has placed in my life. You see, I have this hedge around me. You don't see it, but the devil sees it. It's a hedge of spikes and spears that God has placed around me. I'm very well protected wherever I go, and I try to be led by the Spirit because as the Spirit leads me, I am walking in the secret place. I am dwelling in the secret place. I am dwelling in the sather. I am dwelling under the covering. Every man, woman, and child need this Everybody needs a mentor in their life. I've heard evangelists speak and ministers speak. Oh, that man there, he's, that's my covering. Well, I understand what they're saying. Because everybody needs a mentor in their life. And I begin to read 
about the prophet Elisha who ministered for 50 years, prophesying, advising, anointing kings, performing miracles. He had a mentor called Elijah. I read about David. He had Samuel and then Nathan. And when you read about the, uh, David, the, the mighty man of God, there was somebody in his life that could walk up and say, Thou art the man. And it caused David to turn from a direction that would have been uh, spiritual suicide and turned him around to be a productive king for God. Are you with me? And then I got to reading about Solomon. Solomon was a man that had a kingdom that was like none other. His kingdom was even multiplied beyond the, the length and breadth that it was when David, his father, sat upon the throne. But when you read about Solomon, there was something, it got me. I was reading down through the chapter about Solomon, and it talked about the priest, and it talked about the recorder, and, and it talked about the officers, and, and the glory of his court is just amazing when you read about Solomon. And I noticed Solomon had no prophet. It lists all the offices of people that held. It talked about his friend, the son of Nathan. Who Nathan was a prophet. And of course he passed and, and, and his son became a, a good friend of Solomon. But it never said, and this man or, or these people were prophets in his life. And later you read about the demise of Solomon. John Mark would have been toast had it not been for Barnabas. Timothy had Paul. And there's a long list of great men and women in the Bible who became great because they submitted to the teaching, counsel, advice of a mentor that they allowed to speak into their lives. Value, appreciate, love, and listen to the influencers God has placed in your life. And when I say that, I also say this. Be careful who you listen to. For the end time that we are racing through now to the rapture is a time in which Jesus said, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ or I am anointed. So I know that you're going to hear lots of voices on the internet. You're going to hear lots of voices through uh, social media. You're going to hear lots of voices through friends. You're going to hear lots of voices from lots of different places. Be a good listener, but be careful who you listen to. Proverbs 1.7 says that fools despise instruction. But Proverbs 1.5 says a wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. I was reading about the story of a little boy who was floating a toy boat. Try saying that five times real fast. Never mind. But he was floating a toy boat on a pond when the toy boat drifted away. And there was a man who happened to come by, and he saw the tiny boat drifting out on the pond, and he began throwing stones on the far side of the boat. And the boy was concerned. He said, hey, what are you doing? But then something interesting happened. As the stones hit the water beyond the boat, they created ripples. 
which pushed the boat back toward the boy. And I, I, I have to say this to you. Even though the stones disturbed the smooth water, they achieved the results. Sometimes when God needs to get our attention, he'll throw some stones. It'll create ripples in our life. And we'll be saying, that dirty, rotten devil, he's no good. I'm telling you, he's really trying to oppose me. Oh, that devil, you better stop and just let God speak to your heart because sometimes it's not the devil at all it's the lord throwing some stones on the other side of the boat to push that boat back toward you again that's how god does when we drift away he throws the disturbing stones beyond us to push us back to the shore of his love i close today saying he that dwelleth in the secret place and the sather of the Most High, the covering of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. There's one more thing about the sather I want to mention. The secret place in the Hebrew, the sather, the covering. We sang about it this morning. It is the ultimate covering. It is the covering of the blood of Jesus. I think as we approach the coming of the Lord, we need to plead more and more the blood of Jesus and claim the power of the blood as it covers our life. It is our sather. It is our covering. The blood of Jesus. Praise God. You are safe today because of the blood of Jesus. If you have repented of your sins, been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, and received God's Holy Spirit speaking with tongues in your life, fear not. You have the sather. You have the covering. The covering of the blood of Jesus that covers you wherever you may be. Praise God. On Calvary's hill of sorrow, where sin's demands were paid, a ray of hope for tomorrow across my path was laid. I see a crimson stream of blood. It flows from Calvary. The waves which reach the throne of God are sweeping over me. It's the sather. It's the covering that God has placed in our lives. Now let's bow together in prayer. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for your goodness. We're thankful for the covering. We're thankful, Lord God, for the people of God that you placed in our lives. We're thankful, Lord, that we can walk safely and dwell safely in the secret place. There, Lord God, you are taking care of us. Surely, oh God, surely, you said, and I give you the praise and I give you the glory. It's not an impossibility. It's not a probability, but it's surely. And I give you praise for that precious, precious blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.